Um, there should be a, a filter on this to make me look younger. Please. I feel like the daylight make, is pretty harsh. You're good. You're good. Tita leans over and goes, yeah. To my racist friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. Yes. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm George Walker Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you really? I'm Don Griffin. I'm Don Griffin Jr. And um Man About Town. Man about town, only not today. You're man about your living room. I'm man about my living room because we're zoom, zooming, zooming. Yeah. So it's so, easy. Easy yeah. like Sunday morning. Easy like. <laughs> Remember the song Zoom from, you know, maybe you don't know that. Zoom. From the TV show? No. Oh, I love the Zoom TV show, but I was talking about the Commodores had a song called Zoom. They did? Yes. No, my Commodores. Uh, experience is really um three times a lady and brick house i don't remember that either I, you don't know brick house white girl oh my god kevin's brick house okay yeah i just yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> nice oh, oh my no i we listened to three times a lady when um i was in must have been like fourth or fifth grade so younger than my youngest now uh -huh. and my best friend at the time was over at the house and i remember her telling me that i could not fully understand that song because i hadn't yet experienced true love and being like oh i wish i were as mature as you are and had already experienced true love and you know she was also nine or ten so and you <laughs> honestly the story behind that song is Lionel Richie was getting a divorce. And that song is about his divorced wife. Oh. Yeah. That kind of changes it. Yeah, it kind of, kind of changes the whole thing. Do you know that thing about Billy Joel and um uh Don't Go Changing, that song, just the way you are? Yeah. Have you heard the story of that one? No. He wrote it for his whoever his wife was at that time. I don't know how many wives he's had, but he wrote it for her for like an anniversary gift. And the first thing she said was, does this mean I get the rights to it? Oh, she's a smart <laughs> woman. And that hurt him deeply. Uh-huh. Last time we met, we were trying to sit farther apart from each other. And we were talking about, you know, like no more hugging or handshaking or yeah, our life has greatly changed since the last time we've, we've talked, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it has. Yeah, we got uh, serious. The, the whole nation finally got serious about this, this virus. 
Well, it's interesting. Like, obviously, we're talking about my racist friend. There's definitely all of the the racism that is blossoming under fear of the virus. You know, like, I think anytime we're scared of things, we we do not our best work. (laughs) We do, but you could also say that maybe it also brings people together. And maybe they, there are some people out there where when we're in trouble, maybe the, our differences are put aside. I think that that does happen. Like there's, I went to Aldi's to stock up. Mm-hmm. People who aren't familiar with shopping at Aldi's may not know this, but you need a quarter to shop at Aldi's because otherwise you can't get a grocery cart. Ah, uh, okay. And so in the past, there have been times that I've forgotten my quarter or I've been like on the side of town where all these is. And I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and get our stuff, even though I'm not prepared for all these shopping. Mm-hmm. You also have to bring your own bags. But, well, you can buy, you can buy like plastic bags or paper bags or uh, I don't even know if you can do that anymore. You may have to buy like the reusable ones when you're there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I've, I have forgotten my quarter before and I have done things like asked people for said like i'll give you a dollar for your card what? <laughs> and and that has worked or i've just sort of milled around hoping that you know i could catch someone as they're leaving and, but it always takes a long time and requires some amount of bargaining to get a cart and this morning uh when i was there the guy in front of me had clearly not been to all these before it sounded as though he had been to multiple places looking for toilet paper. And he was at Aldi's and he showed up and he like started to pull a cart and then realized it wouldn't move because it was locked and you needed a quarter to do it. And I, I actually had two quarters this morning. I was feeling very proud of myself. I tried to hand him one of my quarter, the quarter that I had out in my hand. But in the time that it took him to understand what I was doing, like three other people were like, here, you can have my cart. Oh, wow. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think that's true. I think it's also, though, that, that when we're afraid, we want to blame. We, we need to have like an us and a them. Yeah. And so I think that when we're afraid, it makes our us tighter. I, I was thinking actually about 9-11 last night because I was trying to write up a little blog post. And mm-hmm. our narrative shifted so dramatically to be all about patriotism and all about you know, how important it was that we all work together. Um, and so in a lot of ways, we were giving more. Like I remember that Indiana, Indiana sending a bunch of first responders to New York for the rescue and mm-hmm. recovery operations. And like on the news at night, it would show them doing that stuff. And, uh, and we would feel good about giving that. But at the same time, we really solidified an us versus them position where we were more afraid of Muslims or of, of anyone that we could remotely associate with. Oh, oh I remember. Right. Um, uh, it, it even hurt some of my Indian clients who, who owned um, hotels. You know, they, they had to figure out other th- things to invest in. I mean, it, do you remember when that happened, it actually brought the whole world together. You know, we had all these countries you know, for, for a brief moment, you kind of realized that the United States belonged to everyone because that's who we are. We're this experiment, but a very successful experiment of 
many, many cultures coming together. And you, and, and I think when that happened, it was like, oh no, like you could sense that everyone in the entire, in the entire world had owned, felt like they had a piece of the United States and this had hurt them as well. Leadership can use either fear or compassion to bring people together. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. I think, I think that particular leader at the time, they, it, it, you're right. It became a thing. Remember gun sales? I mean, yeah. what's going on right now with gun sales? Gun sales are and ammo is through the roof. Right? Yeah. And calling it the Chinese virus is what uh, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I mean, our president's an asshole. Yes. Yeah. It's sad that he only cares. It only became a, critical thing for him when he started looking at the stock market. Yeah. It's all about money. It's not about people for him. It's about money right now. Yeah. So I was, so I was, you know, poking around this morning trying to think of different ways that, and I, there was an article in the Atlantic about how pandemics negatively impact women uh, more than men, partly because of gender roles and how, how women still tend to fill the caregiving roles. If you've got a family and normally they have childcare and now they don't have childcare and both parents are at home trying to telecommute, one of those parents has to interact with the kids during the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it generally is, it, it's not as much as it used to be, but it still is generally the mom that is doing that and the mom that is doing the caregiving of the older generation that, that needs extra care now too. So like the whole sandwich mm -hmm. generation thing comes into play. Um, but then it was talking about in Sierra Leone when they did the, when there was the Ebola outbreak, that during that time, more women died from obstetric emergencies than all people dying from Ebola. Oh, that's sad. Okay. And, yeah, and if you think about like how, even if we knew for sure that we could treat people with this and help them recover, that it still just takes so many of the resources of our healthcare system. So that then when someone has, you know, a birth that under normal circumstances might be, you know, moderately complicated, but not awful, mm -hmm. suddenly it's, it's using resources that are much more finite Anytime something like this happens, people who are already marginalized suffer more. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was, you know they, they closed all the restaurants down. You know, there's a lot of people uh, last week saying, hey, we've got we to gotta end this. We've got to shut down the restaurants and bars. We've got to stop people from going to those things. Uh -huh. So part of me was like, yeah, you know, for, for safety, that's awesome. But... Also, I've been at a place before where I've been poor, you know, where I've, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm thinking about, my gosh, do I want to die of this disease or do I want to die of hunger? You know, because there are people that if, when that did happen, because it did happen, the governor put a, a limit, uh, all restaurants and bars have got to be uh, closed unless it's for carryout or takeout, I think you can do takeout, I'm not sure. The economics of that, you, you just drive downtown and you see all these small businesses, sandwich shops and 
whatnot that employ people. But also, we also have to remember that these small companies, you know, it's not like the owners are rolling in. It's not like the owners can afford to pay their rent. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and have the place closed. So I'm, I'm worried about them, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'd hate to be in this situation, right? You know, because people can't get paid, right? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thanking God that it doesn't affect me, that it hasn't affected me yet. And then I get an email on Wednesday, I think, mm-hmm. saying that, for, and these, this is emails from the closing companies, mm-hmm. that close real estate. And it's saying, due to the fact that the Monroe County offices are closed, the recorder's office, all, all the offices that are required, you know, we're, not, we're no longer going to be able to uh, do any more closings. Yeah. And so all of a sudden it's, I'm like, holy cow, how do I pay? How, I, that means that I can't make money. All of a sudden my company is in that situation. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I'm a small business owner. All of a sudden I'm in the same boat and it, it, it kind of brought it, brought it home for me. You know what I mean? I, it was, it was already home for me before, but it, it's going to affect everybody. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I was, uh, you know, cause now my whole family's home and we're all together, which is uh, not that I'm at all <laughs> glad for the virus, but I do enjoy having all of us together. In one house. It is kind of nice. Um, but I, so I was talking to my oldest right before we called and I was at, I was saying, so what, what are you, what are you seeing that I, that I have not seen yet about inequity and coronavirus, they were showing me screenshots of letters from landlords or emails from landlords saying things like, um, make sure you use your rainy day fund because this is a rainy day or uh, make sure you pay your rent before anything else. You don't want to be homeless or, uh, encouraging people to use if they have any kind of retirement account hmm. to use that to pay their rent. Well, I mean, there's so, there's so many different levels to this because I think I, I deal with a lot of investors who own property mm-hmm. and have landlords. I mean, they are the landlords. They are the landlords, yeah. And most of them are, they're not wealthy. You know what I mean? They're not wealthy. They their their land their tenants not paying something mm-hmm. is devastating to them you know so they they could be uh in the same boat i know that people don't want to hear that but because there are major corporations that own real estate we see we see these huge buildings down here uh, downtown and around town uh and they're 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 corporate owned or even their investment companies but for the most part, you have a lot of mom and pops, people that have put their life savings into this stuff. And they are scared to death that they are, I think a lot of them are, are a month into losing it all. So that's yeah. why like, oh my God, please pay this. Like, and, it, and really what that sounds like to me is, is it's a model of competition and scarcity. Mm-hmm. So of course this impacts people at every level and impacts them badly, you know, so 
I, I guess I'm lucky that I will be able to continue working some by doing telehealth. If we thought about ways that we did things together uh, rather than in a monopoly board game style. How do you do that though? I mean, I, we're all forced I, to play the same game, you know? I mean, that's, that's the thing that the whole system is, it's, it sucks. It's a, the whole system is a game that's meant for, you know, you only win it when you, you know, when you've collected enough houses and a, enough things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that you can regularly take money from other people when they cap go around the board. <laughs> cap, cap, I mean, capitalism sucks. It really does uh, in so many ways, but it is what we, it is what we have. I don't want to, I, I, I mean, I, I'd like to get out of the matrix, <laughs> you know, if that were the case, you know, but me as a Brown person, I, I, you know, I think it just sucks that for so long we have gone with nothing and, and now everybody want now that some of us have the money, everybody now everybody thinks we should share it like god i'm just when i'm making i'll tell you what i'm i'm when i'm making money i'm creating a foundation not just for me i'm creating the foundation for my future folks that we've never had i don't know yeah. if people understand that like I, i'm not i'm not it's not for me, it's so that my son and his son or daughter can have a parachute so that when things go bad, they've got something to help them with. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. And I think to a certain extent, there's a portion of our population that doesn't even recognize that they have a parachute. Exactly. You know, that it just is assumed that, you know, when your parents die, you get their property or whatever and that that and that everybody's parents have property which <laughs> you know is not the case no i mean my parents did you know we we didn't have money i mean my dad was a police officer my mom was a a secretary and it was imperative you know i think we've talked about this i would have loved to have been a teacher a a, a music teacher oh you would be an amazing music i would have loved to have been a music teacher but you know, or something, you know, I, whatever, I, I, I wish I could have had the, the ability to be something, anything that I want to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like my son now gets to study opera and yeah. I'm not worried about whether or not he's going to, I know he's going to make it because he's extremely talented, but the fact that we were able to invest in trying to let him make that dream happen, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm that kind of takes money to be able to do that, you know, and my parents oh, couldn't have done that with me. They wanted me to get a, a good, you know, get a, get a good paying job, whatever that is, if it was engineering, whatever it was, mm -hmm. get that. And, and so that, you know, I can have money to whatever. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't have the yeah. same. Influences. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think one of the things that this crisis is doing is it's exposing, um, a lot of assumptions that we make all the time and forcing us to think of other ways to do it. Because like the idea that everyone can shelter in place. So, and, and we, you know, our family's taking it seriously. And, you know, I, my, my trip to the store was enough that I don't think I'll have to go back for 
like we could be for weeks. But that that's because I had enough money or enough room on my credit card to buy more groceries than I would normally buy in a week. Both of us can do uh, our job from home mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But I think of all the people who can't stay home from work in order for me to be able to do this. You know, there have to be people that are available to sell the toilet paper that everybody has to go buy. Yes. <laughs> or my, my mom's uh, garbage disposal broke. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, because that's something I hadn't thought of. Like, should the giant, um, you know, like Menards and Lowe's, should they be closed right now? But, but if they were, then when people have a, a sewage backup or, you know, something that really has to be addressed, like right now, where do you get the pipe to fix it yeah. if, if they're closed down? And, and like you were talking about uh, wait staff and people in, you know, and bartenders and the small business owners of these restaurants too, they don't have savings. And so how do we take care of each other in the face of all this fear? And I think that, I think that's part of it is like, we're so afraid of, of not having what we need, mm-hmm. not having what we need if we get sick, of um, not having what we need to financially survive this, that we aren't taking, that we don't take care of the other people when we get too wrapped up in that fear. Mm-hmm. So we can't, you know, like I, I, I did not go buy toilet paper because we have a subscription for toilet nice. paper. Nice. <laughs> because because of um, the office. So I have a subscription and I split it with the office. And since no one is using the bathroom in our office, I have toilet paper. And I was like, and of course I told, you know, like my mom, she could have some of our toilet paper. And I was thinking, and one of the kids was asking, well, how much do you have exactly? And I was thinking, well, (laughs) I, I should go get it. And then just put out something to the neighborhood listserv saying, look, I've got, I've got toilet paper over here. And then I was like, well, but what, what if then I'm like, I start doing all these what ifs and I'm like, what if this lasts longer or what if they, they can't send our next month's subscription because you know, everyone in the toilet paper place gets sick and then they're not sending it out. Maybe I should just hang on to it. And, and then I'll see, you know, later, or maybe I will, maybe I'll just contact my, my close neighbor friends and be like, you are special. And if you need toilet paper, you can have it. But, but I don't want to just give it to anyone. (laughs) And that's, that's shitty. Oh, see what I did there was a toilet paper. I did. I was going to say that's only for special butts. (laughs) Yes. Only for special butts. Yes. Um, But that's, it's not because of, it's not because I think, you know, some people deserve more toilet paper. It's because, I'm afraid of not having it. That's and I didn't really think that through till just now as we were doing that. So I hate it when I have to do personal work on this show in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, people are judging you right now about your toilet paper hoarding. <laughs> I truly am not hoarding. <laughs> if they thought, what if they, what if, do you get it from Amazon? No, we get it from Who Gives a Crap. If they ever wanted to sponsor our podcast, we should jump on it in a heartbeat. Ooh, They're yeah, so cool. Yeah. They sent 
they sent out this email when all this started, like when the toilet paper started disappearing, they sent out an email to all of their subscribers saying, um, basically, please don't panic. Um, and please don't order more toilet paper than you normally order. We will continue to make your subscriptions arrive. Please don't try to get them early. And please try to have some empathy and kindness for your neighbors and stop freaking out about toilet paper. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't be an asshole. Wait, wait, but even though that's our best customer. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what they do. They, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They work with assholes. I mean, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't exist without assholes. Let's just be honest. That's, that's true. Yes. We need no toilet paper. But I think it's, it's the fear that keeps us from taking care of each other. Yeah. But I think, you know, it goes both ways, you know, at the end of the day, when you have, when everyone has nothing, all you have is each other. Yeah. You know, it's a balance, isn't it? Yeah. What matters is who's leading. You know what I mean? Who's leading? Who's, who's going to look at the positives and, and try to get the best out of humanity? And then who's in it for exploiting and scaring people? Yeah, I think fear is a great tool for hanging on to power. So I also wondered, like, this is probably ju just our first Zoom. I'm assuming we're going to have to do this a few more times. Or many more times. I don't know. I, I gotta be honest. Like, yeah, I've had I've had a lot of Zoom meetings for, you know, different things. But, you know, I, I've actually uh, every day, pretty much. I I keep my distance. I am doing more kid and play stuff, and you know, el put touching elbows and stuff. But pretty much, I've been working. You know? Are people like calling you and saying, "Can you show yes. me?" Help? Yes. People are calling, people are we're listing things. It's crazy how busy it's been. Yeah. That is really interesting. It is. Offers, we've been writing offers, we've been listing houses. It's bizarro. Hmm. Staying inside is like being on house arrest for me. I can't do it. Well, I mean, you, you have to walk your dog, right? Yeah. If she, if she, yeah, she's kind of, she sleeps most of the time. <laughs> Look at her. She's just she's been out this whole time. Um, oh, see, we got our dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have to walk. You're right. I, I walk her or we, you know, or we're finding things to do too, you know? Mm -hmm. I kind of like this stuff. I like being under pressure a little bit because I think you come up with some very creative ideas. This is, this is when creativity really matters you know yeah i think it'll definitely force us to think about things differently and and not just business-wise i forget who told me this uh it, it, it was actually a mailman but he used to always say don is is it a problem or is it an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> and he's right you know he's right when 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 change happens even sometimes when it's bad change it, it opens up it makes you you know it makes you think about what you could have done differently and how how to stop whatever happened from happening again 
Right. Although there's a point where you suffer too much because of the crisis. Oh, yeah. And so I you know. don't recover. You know, I think the yeah. idea of people paying for their shelter before buying food for their kids, or say you, you're one of the fortunate people who actually has a savings account mm -hmm. right now, which is not very many of us, that you've, you've actually put some aside. And so you can raid your savings account in order to get through this. But then when you're, when you get out on the other side, you don't have that anymore. And say your, your car breaks down as soon as you get out on the other side, and then you can't get it fixed and then you can't get to work. And then because you're not getting to work, then you're not getting paid. So then you can't replenish your savings that might be able to help you fix your car. Well, in this situation, it, what's going on now is that you've got regular folks that have savings accounts. I don't think that's got, regular. I think that's privilege. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's privilege, right? Yeah. But then you've got the people who had their savings account, but they've been playing the stock. They've been using, putting it in the stock market that they that 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 absolutely couldn't be beat, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, gone. gone. Lots of money. You well, know. and people who have very diligently set aside money for college savings. There was someone on the radio this morning asking oh, about her daughter's 529 that is now gone. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Well, you're fine. I mean, oh, yeah. You're thinking of your 529? Do you have yeah. Well, I just. I know. Don't look. Don't look. Yeah. It, you know, maybe this, it, it, sometimes there's an equalizer. Maybe this is it. Not quite an equalizer, but yeah, I don't think it's going to equalize. I think it's going to screw some people a lot, oh, it, lot more. It does, but now it screws everybody, and they have to actually think about it. You know what I'm saying? They have to think that they, they. It's kind of like we talk about gentrification. How when it was hurting brown people and black people in their community, and they were losing it and and couldn't afford to live in the neighborhood they were in before. No one, no one worried about it. But when it started hitting everybody else, it's like, oh, you've got to do something about this. Yeah. So we have the action. I mean, we have what happens. It, it just matters. How do you, are we going to learn this time to like help everybody, you know, or are we going to be okay when our shit is fixed? You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and that's I, what happens. It's like our shit gets fixed. Or whoever, the, the, the people with money, their shit gets fixed. And then it's like, oh, they forget that they suffered. They were suffering like everyone else. You know what I'm saying? Not equally. They weren't suffering equally. Let's be honest. They, they weren't losing houses and shit or not having a, or being homeless. Yeah. But you understand what I'm saying? Can we, can we be the type of community, the type of country that says, Let's not let anybody suffer. I now know how it feels. Let's not let anyone suffer anymore. I don't know, because to me, it feels like this kind of crisis should make all of us say, why doesn't everybody have health care? Right? Right. Why doesn't everybody have stable housing? Why doesn't, you know, because even if you can't somehow manage to touch your own compassion, Mm -hmm. it, it benefits you for everyone to have stable housing because it reduces the spread of the virus. Right. So, so it, you know, like, I think there's a numbers game here where people who are apparently devoid of compassion, 
could also get behind everyone having stable housing and everyone having access to health care. But it's not right now. I Early in this, I went in, I had to pay inside for gas. And, and the two people that were working inside were talking about a third person who had called in sick. And, and the one person was saying, well, what if she's not really sick? How do we even know? How do we even know that she's sick? She shouldn't be able to call in like this. And the other one was saying, well, if she doesn't get a positive test for the coronavirus, then she doesn't get that time off. Oh. So that sucks. Right. So are you willing to risk it? I mean, positive for a win. <laughs> right. It's like so having the flu that. would be shitty to go into work with the flu too. You know, yeah, like exactly. My whole calling is that it feels like relational cultural theory is where it's at right now because trying to to dismantle the cultural structures that keep us trapped in like the scarcity and power over and i have to have you know mine um rather than this idea that we're not in competition and that we are you don't have to think that we are one but but understanding that we are designed, human beings are designed to work in concert with each other. We're all like connected, yeah. Right, our brains don't work alone. Like they, they need the input from, from other people. And mm -hmm. it, it would seem like embracing that right now would, A, it would help, I think, reduce fear. Because for me, at least, I feel a lot less scared when I know that I'm in it with other people who care. That's um, you. That's that's you, which is awesome. It doesn't make you feel less scared if you know that you've got people in your corner. Oh, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I guess so. I. I. Yes. I. I, 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 I don't know if I'm less scared. I want to hear more about this. That I'm less scared because other people are in the same boat that I am. Is that what you mean? No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, less scared because you know you're not alone. Not, not because other people are suffering, but because we are committed to helping each other. Oh, I love being committed to helping each other. But does that make you feel safer? No. And that, that's what I was wondering about. No. No, something's wrong with me. I'm wired different. I, I always think that I'm, that I should be part of making it safe for everyone. And that's, I don't know, like I said, something's wrong with me that I think that I way. But I, I think I, that I should be in a position to make it better for everyone else. God, that sounds so cheesy. It sounds like, uh, you know, you're at a job interview and they ask you, so what's, What's the worst thing about you? And you sit there going, <laughs> I, I care too much. You know? <laughs> I just, I think I care too much. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> so as I'm saying that, I was like, I'm like, God, I'm that asshole right now. <laughs> no, I, but I just, I don't wait. I don't ever want to wait for other people to change things for me. I want to be part of that change. And I get upset if I'm not being effective. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself there or that or that has been put on you by cultural oh i stuff. mean i don't know you do the same thing yeah 
You just don't know it. You just don't, you, if you really think about it, you do the same thing. You help, you're one of the most helpful people. I, you, you help people. I, I, can, I can be in the community and someone will tell me that they learned whatever they're doing from you or you connected them with this <laughs> or whatever, you know. They'll be like, do you know Amy McKees? I think that there's, there's like a difference though between wanting to help and wanting to control. And I know that I slide into wanting to control. When I do that, it's because I'm scared. And it's generally because I feel disconnected from the people I'm working with. Because if I am feeling really like an authentic connection in a, in where we're both able to, or all of us are able to really be ourselves and to bring um, our gifts into the equation um, and also our vulnerabilities, there's less need to control. I don't feel like I'm explaining it very well, but- No, I think you are. But then if, if, I'm, if I'm afraid that people aren't gonna bring their best parts into it, or maybe they don't like me, or like whatever insecurity I'm letting drive in that particular moment, then I would be more likely to want to control things and that coming from fear. So like wanting to, to help and connect could come from compassion and, and connection. Mm-hmm. And wanting to control and to fix could be more, for me, comes more from fear. But, like but maybe that's okay. Maybe, maybe we all fear things, but it's how we deal with it. Some people oh, absolutely. fear things and they, they destroy instead of lift up. That's, a, that's really, that's an excellent point, is that I was falling into this idea that we, or for me at least, that I just shouldn't be afraid. And that's not super helpful either. But, but what you do with it is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. What is it informing in you? Yeah, I mean like, okay, for instance, I hate to fly, I'm scared to death of flying. Huh. I hate flying. Hey, everything about it. Uh huh. I mean, I like the technology and I like the planes. I love planes. <laughs> I, I I love. I, my, I was obsessed with remote control airplanes growing up. You know, so that I is love, not hard to believe. I love planes. So, but I think the way I'm going to combat my fear of flying is I'm going to learn how to fly. God. I'm going to get my pilot's license. <laughs> I know what the hell is going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I figured out, I'm, like, I'm tired of being scared to fly. Because I want to travel one day. I want to, you know, when everything's okay again. When it's okay to travel again? <laughs> it's okay to travel again. And, you know, and I'd like to do that one day. My wife would probably like to go places besides uh, Bedford or Indianapolis <laughs> or Nashville. That's your vacation, Bedford. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a great smorgasbord, by the way. At the, <laughs> the Golden Corral is amazing. You heard it here first, folks. The Golden Corral down there is actually amazing. I hope we maybe we'll get some tickets from that. Maybe we'll get them some free coupons for that. Uh, free coupons for Golden Corral. If they heard that, yeah, for the Golden Corral. We could Corral. do a live podcast from uh, Golden Corral in Bedford. Not anytime soon, though. So, so speaking of public health and safety, we have postponed our relational summit. And it was 
really hard to make that call. And I, I think what clicked for me, well, it was fear. I was afraid that if, if we didn't have it then, because we'd put all this stuff into place to have Amy Banks and Maureen Walker and LaShawn Williams all here, Dee Dee, that if I didn't do it, like if we didn't do it in May, it would never happen was yeah. sort of where I was stuck. And it had just started to really feel like right before this, it had started to feel like we had a really good grip on it and like mm -hmm. it was gonna be super fun. And and we had all these ideas and, you know, it's more important that we take care of each other by not forcing this gathering. That's sad. It was a rough night. And then it was like, I did the like vacillating between uh, like intense self pity and then the whole oh my god like there are people who are actively sick with this virus or there are people who don't have their savings and are going into this or don't have stable housing and are going into this like and i'm getting super emotional about not being able to do this fun thing that i wanted to do it's more than fun you're bringing you know we're trying to change community we're trying to, to change how people react to each other but that's hard to do when you're just concentrating on basics yeah yeah. I remember being poor and just worried about whether or not I was going to have enough money to eat or turn on the heat or whatever. And, you know, sometimes the grass would get all crazy. You know what I'm saying? The grass. Right. The grass. Yeah. 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 You know, but now you're, you're walking up to your, your, your house and you're, worried about whether or not you put the lawnmower on the right level and you're you're worried about if you cut the the, the bushes too high or too low this year you start <laughs> to worry about like shit that and it really bugs you this little minute stuff that you never even thought of when you were trying to you're just thinking about where you're going to get by where, yeah it makes me almost wonder the way you describe that if we have a set, excuse me, like a set amount of worrying that we're going to do. And so if we, when we fix one thing, then we, our brain sort of looks around for something to fixate on. We do. We're never happy. Never a hundred percent happy. You never have enough money. You understand what I'm saying? You're always looking for that that other thing. Because there will always be someone who has more. There will always be something better out there that you don't have. And, and that is the capitalist consumer model uh, of scarcity and fear that, that we started off talking about. And that if we could shape that, there could be enough. I understand, like, I get that feeling, the feeling that it's not enough that, and I, and I, I'm not there either. I'm just aspiring to be in a place where, where I could value the, our entire community or the entire world of humanity um, as much as I do my own individual stuff and my family stuff and what a relief that would be or what a burden that would be to be working for the benefit of everyone. Or even if it even if you make it smaller, working for the benefit of everyone in the community.
like we're going to make Bloomington a place where everyone has stable housing. Yeah, which would be awesome. I have not driven my Porsche in my Porsche, sorry, <laughs> for those that care in like three weeks. It's a car that I love, but I look at it and, and it, I don't know, it almost disgusts me. And it's kind of, my dog is laying on my computer. It's kind, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You know, I think we've talked before about why, you know, I, I just love cars. I love driving. I actually love, love driving. It's not about that it's, you know, a Porsche. I'm not, I don't, didn't buy it because of the status that it might have. Oh, right. Yeah, you're like a car nerd. I'm a car nerd. I love cars. And yeah. this is one of the best handling cars ever but just the optics of it it just doesn't and i did it remember i i told you i i had a problem with letting people know i even had it mm -hmm. until i was somewhere and some black kids were out and they were on the corner and they asked me like oh my god what do you do and i told them what i did and the other kid was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be one of those when I grow up. The other <laughs> one was like, yeah, me too. And I thought, oh, my God, that's why I'm doing this, you know? And it's okay to have this because maybe they need to see this. But there's so many other, if that's all I've got, if that's the only reason, I'm not sure it, it's, I'm not sure it's worth it. I'm not sure it's worth it. Not when so many people are are struggling, you know? Yeah. And it's not even like the best Porsche. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's not. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm not spending, you know, I'm not spending, you know, God's amounts of money on a Porsche. You know, this is just, hey, this is, you know, this is okay, but. It's a medium Porsche. It's a medium, but like, yeah, it's the one I like. It's actually the one I want, you know, but it still doesn't feel right. You know, it's one of those things we we're just talking about how you always want more. I've been very happy for a long time of where I am, but there's something inside you that just says, okay, I can do better. And, you know, and I tell myself, you know, and the more I do, I'll just give back more to the community. I'll just give more money back. Maybe that's a lie I'm telling myself so that I'll, I'll keep on pushing on. Knowing yourself is, is a long journey. Yeah. So anyway, I got to go to my open house, guys. Well, don't shake anyone's hand. Don't lick anything. But I, I like uh, the doorknobs taste so good. <laughs> don't do that. No, 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 no. We'll be okay. It'll be okay. Do you have a favorite thing to tell yourself while you're washing your hands for 20 seconds? I think uh, the favorite thing that I'm pretty much, that I remember when I am counting while I'm washing my hands is the number 12, because that's as much as I count before I stop. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I use really hot water though, and I'm already, I already soap up before putting them in there, so. I, I read this because our neighborhood listserv has. Oh my God. Not one, but two biologists weighing in on oh how it all works, which, you know, 
is school in the listserv. So my takeaway was that time, like actual time is a piece of it. It's not just, they don't just say 20 seconds like when you tell your kids to brush your teeth for two minutes because that way they're more likely to hit all the teeth. It's more that 20 seconds is how long it takes for the soap to do its uh, job. Like to adhere to the things it needs to. All so right. I'm going right. to encourage you to count to 20. This is our first Zoom attempt, and uh, I'm sure we'll get better at it. It's interesting trying to keep like the same energy that we get when we're together. It is, but we did it's, okay. It's not quite the same, yeah. Um, I, I advise people to check out Zoom by Lionel Richie and the Commodores. <laughs> great song. Okay. And also check out uh, Zoom, the TV show. Yeah. From the 70s. Show. I love that. Yeah. I only remember the beginning. I only remember the intro. Wanna zoom, 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 zoom. Gonna yeah. zoom, 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 zoom. Gonna zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? But it, the, the damn intro lasts forever. The thing, I don't even remember what the thing. The actual show was only seven minutes long. Does the intro last for 20 seconds? The when you wash song. your hands. <laughs> oh, the 20 second. Oh, you're funny. You're a funny guy. Okay. All it's right. Okay. All right. I will see you guys. Thanks for doing this with me. Thank you. It was good to see you, even though it was on a screen. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Right. See you later. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place at separate locations in Bloomington, Indiana, on Thursday, March 19, 2020, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. Yeah, but I think, and I feel like we're sort of rambling here, but that... No, we're fine. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. I mean, they, 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 if people listen to us, it's, they know that we ramble. That's, that's like our model, so we're fine. Well, I, I want to bring that back, though, because it seems to me that no, I lost it. <laughs>